0: Get right into God's Word. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're doing verse 1 through 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 shouldn't be hard to find. You should have that string in there. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through verse number 12. Praise God. This is our reading. Amen. 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 We thank God for His goodness, thank God for His mercy. I'm, I thank God I'm saved. Amen. I don't think there's anything greater than knowing I have God living right here. Amen. That just that just there's nothing else to describe how good it is to know that my Heavenly Father, who I talk to all day, all the time, live right here. Amen. No wonder He said, "Before you call, I would answer." And why you yet speaking? I will hear, cause he knew where he would be right in there. Amen. So don't ever think the Lord not listen. He hear you. First Corinthians chapter number two, and verse one through verse number twelve. Let's read together. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with of speech or a wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words with man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man, the thing which God hath prepared for them that love Him, but God has revealed them unto us by His spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So everything that's given to you is free. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you now for the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for that anointing. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Spirit of a living God that lives in us. We give you all the praise and the glory. Nothing excites us more, Lord, than to know that you are living right in this house. We give you all the praise and the glory. When we lay down at night, when we get up at night, when we go to bed, wherever we go, you're always right here with us. And we love you, we appreciate this, and Lord, help us to walk in this and help us to walk before you all the days of our lives. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your truth. In Jesus' blessed name, I'll agree with that prayer. i amen. amen. All right, I want you to get your Bible. You can take your seats, thank you. Now, I am ministry. I'm in a series, of course. I, I love teaching series. It's like the Lord, every time he fed us, he always had leftovers. So I'm in a series, so we always, always got something for next time. Amen? But I'm, this series is called The Word of God Revealed. The Word of God Revealed. Uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse... 10, when you say the word of God revealed, I want you to understand that. Just, just for you to understand your pastor. a lot of times I know in, in the old school we didn't chew gum, uh, but I do chew gum because my throat gets dry when I'm ministering. So I do that to kind of keep my throat dry, if it's all right. It's bubble gum. It's good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, but First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 told us, but God has revealed them unto us. Now he's talking about his word. I'm not teaching, I'm teaching the series on the revealed word, but I'm also showing you what the revealed word is not. Most of the stuff we have heard was not the revealed word. That's why I always read, and I will do today. From here we go to Ephesians 1.13. And I'm teaching you the revealed word, but I'm giving you some things. You get this morning tape. I talked last week on the message of faith, uh, but it's really the message about faith. Uh, man, I don't see how I could I miss that, but the Lord showed it to me. Thank God for that. It's the message about faith. So I'm going to show you that in the NLT and also the good news, Romans 10 and 8. Alright, but now I want to take you to mm-hmm. Ephesians 1. And we're going to look at one verse that verse 13. Is that right? Yes, Alright. Now, our message today is the manifested word of God. I'm going to give you the scripture for that in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to be reading Ephesians now I'm Ephesians. I'm, I'm a little loud. It seemed like something went up on me there. Just a touch. Now, I'm going to be reading 1 Timothy 3.16 on the manifesto word of God just a moment, okay? Now, but here, Ephesians 1.13. This is why I'm doing this series, because this verse right here. I, I, I don't want you to not have the Holy Spirit, and then you don't know how to get the Holy Spirit. I went through that. That's an awesome thing to not have the Holy Spirit living in you and you don't know. See, you're supposed to know. I'm going to show you today in the Gospel of St. John chapter 14. I'm going to read some of that today. I'm going to show you. Don't let me forget. matter of fact, let me show you where I'm going to be at. The Gospel of St. John chapter 14. When I go to that, I'm going to be reading verse 18 through 23. 1 Corinthians I think I need these down a little something something to do All right now 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 told me that uh, I had the re- God has revealed them to us God has already revealed them unto us okay thank you but here Ephesians 1, 13, in whom you also trusted talking about Christ after you heard the word so you trusted God after you heard the word of truth the word of truth is called the gospel of your salvation in whom also after you believed see when you believe the word of truth you will seal with the Holy Spirit of promise now which is the next verse here, which is the earnest of our inheritance verse 14 the earnest of our inheritance that God has already given us. That's verse 14. The honest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the personal possession unto the praise of his glory. So you've already received the honest of the Holy Spirit. All right, now, the way you know that is because you believe the right message. Now, I have been in churches where they taught the word of faith. I'm not here to put down teachings. I hope you all understand. But this is what the Bible just says. When I heard the word of truth, the gospel of my salvation, I received the Holy Spirit. Now, if I did, I would not have to go with you in the back room and receive the Holy Spirit. Do anybody hear what I just said? All right. I don't have to go with this, follow this person here. We go in the back room, and back here, they're going to have me receive the Holy Spirit. Because if I receive the Holy Spirit, just like the word just says, I don't have to go in the back room. I receive the Holy Spirit when I heard the word. Put that back up there again. I just want to make sure you listen to what it's saying because that's what happened to us, my wife and I, and a lot of you, in whom also you trust after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also, after you believe, you you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Ghost came in and sealed your soul, so you didn't have to go back here and have somebody to talk to you, pray in the spirit with you, and raise your hand, and you come. You it's coming now. He's coming. Did nobody have to get a circle around you and tarry? See, some of y'all been there, but now you act like you don't know what I'm talking about. See, nobody had to do all that if you receive the Holy Spirit by the Word. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. All right, so that's what I'm saying. All of that is for people in, in different churches try to help you to receive the Holy Spirit. Everything I'm talking about, we've been through. And we're letting you know that's not how it works. When God gave you his son, look at Ephesians 1 and 3. Now, this is, I use, I'm just saying this because you're on this side, but I'm using this side because I'm saying this is before the cross. And after you pass this and go over you after the cross. Two different messages. Blessed be the Son of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had. Over here, you've already been blessed. How many have heard, be blessed? How many have heard somebody tell you, be blessed? That's on this side. That's before you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the blessing. The blessing, singular is the Holy Spirit. And everything else comes because of the Holy Ghost. So when God blessed you, he gave you the Holy Spirit. He made you his son. He made you his daughter. And he gave you everything free. That was Romans 8.32. You're going to look at that too. Now I'm saying that because that's what I'm teaching. After the cross, I'm saying that's where you're over here. You After the cross, then you already got this. So you don't have to say to people over here, be blessed. Now to say be blessed means what? You are not blessed. You haven't got it yet. It sounds real good. But you don't tell believers in the body of Christ, be blessed. Because God has already blessed you, right? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, with him, with him, if he's given you Christ with him, he also has given you all things. Then I gave you this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse number 20, out of the good news or the NLT. See, when you have somebody, somebody promise you, like I told you before, people talk, remember, this is my 40th year of ministry, 35 pastor. I have been deceived before because I was teaching what people were teaching, but it was not what the, what the Holy Ghost was teaching in his book. You got know how to write the divide the word and everything in the Bible is not to you. Just just hear me out. Hear me out for the first time. So then, because when the Holy Ghost said something to me, and I came and told my wife, my wife and I have been married for 50 years Christmas, I came and told my wife, I said, honey, I got to tell you what the Spirit of God was saying to me. And when I kept telling her so many things that the Spirit of God was saying to me, she stopped me. She said, look, don't tell me nothing else. I can't not take this. because the Holy Spirit was changing my life forever. But the key was, I asked him to teach me. And he began to show me, I said, I want you to show me everything in this church that you don't like, and I'll change it. That's why I tell the Lord. So the Lord told me, he said, well, we got, some, we got something to do. Then he told me this. Then he told me that. Then he told me this. He began to tell me, and I went to my wife. And I told my wife, I said, look what the Holy Ghost told me. She said, don't tell me nothing else. She said, I can't, t- I can't take this. Am I, am I right, honey? She was just like, honey, are you sure you're hearing from God? <laughs> I said, I'm hearing from the Lord, babe, believe me. I spend more time with the Lord than you do with your spouse. He is my life. He's all I got. He is my life. When I say he's my life, he is my life. And when you get to a place like Jacob's daughter, not Jacob's daughter, Jacob's wives, you can find this for me. One of Jacob's wives came to him and said this, give me children or I die. Now you're ready for the receive from God. You're not going to take no for an answer. When I get to a place in this word where I do not know, understand what's going on, I shut it down. I say, Lord, I don't know this. That's why I do nothing without prayer. You have to learn how to go to God in prayer, not asking for something, not in that mode, but you're thanking him that he lives in you and he knows everything. The Holy Ghost loves to be Exalted. He loved for you to talk to him in an honorary way. Like, you know all this stuff. You know I don't know it. That's how you talk to God. You stay yourself in an armor position, and you keep him in a place where he is high and lifted up. And you let him know, Lord, you know I don't know this. If you don't teach me, I'm going to fail. I don't know this. So when you stay in that place, the Holy Ghost will show it to you. And then you'll give him the praise and the glory, because you know you didn't know that. That's the place you have to stay with God. You got to stay in the place of humility. When Rachel saw that she bare Jacob, no children, (laughs) Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. That's desperation, boy. Give me children or else I die. And she was barren. When God heard her talk that way, he gave her children. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to enjoy everything he has given us. But I believe he wants us to stay in a position of humility. Now, let's let's go into the Word of God. Now, let's show you that 1 Timothy 3.16. We are talking about today the manifested Word. Now, I'm teaching you the manifested word because I want you to understand, I want you to understand the difference. I want you to understand the difference in the word you're getting and the manifested word. How many know what word you getting? getting? Me, let me just say it, let me say it over here. For when I act, they always know. You got the reveal word over here. That my message is what? The word, the word of God revealed. you got to reveal Word. I'm teaching over here what? The manifesto Word. Now, you got to understand, the manifesto Word was before the cross. Most churches never got to teach the revealed Word. Most people don't know what it is. I didn't know myself, and I had been in ministry for 20 years, and I did not know the difference. So you have to know the difference. First Timothy 3.16. The word manifest means made known, visible to the five senses. So the manifested word is made known, visible to the five senses. The revealed word, you need the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. You got the word holy, but holy, yeah, the Spirit, Holy Spirit to understand so I need to give you a definition for the reveal. Well, I would to give you that when I get my series. That's good enough. Now, let's show you just that when I get there. I go show you that 1 John 1, 1 through 4 after this. But here's today's message. And without controversy, greatest the mystery of godliness. Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about back here in John 1 and 1, right? John 1.14 says, and the Word was made flesh. Can you see it now? So Paul now is taking them back. He said God was manifested in the flesh. Then second, because he came in the flesh, he had to be justified in the Spirit. All people must be justified in the Spirit. Now, when I show you justification under other teachings, you're going to see... Under the word of, word of faith teaching, you are justified by your faith. Let me, let me, let me show you when I get there, but right now, let, let me see this. It says, with well, our controversy, great is the mystery of God, as God was manifest in the flesh, but he was justified how? He was made righteous in the Spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached to the Gentiles. It doesn't say he was preached to the Jews. He, Jesus preached to the Jews. But God was manifest in the flesh. God preached to the Gentiles. How do you do it? By the Holy Ghost. See, it was the Holy Spirit that preached to you. And he did it through the apostle Paul. The Son of God over here preached. To the Jewish believer and they did not believe him they killed him Jesus the Son of God preached to the believer God did not speak to speak to you God speak to you by the Holy Ghost God spoke to you by his son let me show it to you let me show it to you Hebrew everything I show you I can I can take you to Scripture see over here it was the Son of God who spoke to Israel Let's go to Hebrew chapter number 1, verse 1 and 2. God did not speak to you over here about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God spoke to you over here by the Holy Spirit. He spoke to you by the Holy Spirit. How does he do it? He did it through the Apostle Paul and his word, and now Pastor Crump this morning. He's doing it by the Holy Spirit because I'm ministering to you the word. Over here, God spake to Israel by his son. On the screen, God is under time and diverse manners, and speak in time past of the fathers by the prophet. Now, the father was back here in the wilderness, all the way up in the Psalms and the Proverbs and prophet. God spoke to Israel when God wanted to tell David something, he told a prophet, and the prophet went to David. That's not how he spoke to the children of Israel, that was in the days of Jesus Christ called the children of Israel. But Paul has said to them, Hath in his last days spoken to us? Us by his son. God did not speak to you over here by his son. God spoke to you by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand the difference? Amen. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son over here, whom he had made heir of all things, by whom he had made the world. So God spoke to his son. He came here in the flesh. The word was made flesh and spoke to the people. See the difference over here. God gives the Holy Spirit to your pastor. He comes live here, then he speaks to you. Same God came live inside of Apostle Paul and spoke to his people. That's how God worked today. So when you resist like Israel did in the New Covenant, who you think they resist. When Peter, James, and John, let's go look at it. Let's go in chapter number 7, and let's look at Stephen. Stephen was a man who we call the first martyr of the church. meaning mean, he was martyred, killed. But watch what he said to them. He, you call, the first verse is going to say, you stiff-necked uncircumcised. Then he's going to tell them, you always resist somebody. Let's see who you resist when you don't want to hear the word through the man of God God has chosen. Let me find it for you. Acts chapter 7, I will give you the book. Acts chapter number 7. Out of all of y'all, you see one of y'all get uncircumcised, stiff necked. It was the last five, 10 verses that he had to say. You know, he killed him after that. You don't have to worry about all the first chapter. Yeah, you, got, you go to the end of the book when they killed him. He didn't call him stiff-necked in the first verse. If he would, he would have never named it verse 53. <laughs> Just think about it. Huh? <laughs> you stiff neck uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist who? Come on, I need y'all to get on that now. Who were they resisting? When that man spoke to them, they resisted the Holy Ghost. See, they had already resisted Jesus. That's what it means by blasphemy. To blaspheme means the Father has said something to you, the Son says something to you, now the Holy Ghost says something to you, and you still didn't receive, now you blaspheme who? The Holy Spirit. That's something you don't do. There's no one in the new covenant told you to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. To blaspheme the Holy Ghost means you cannot be saved. See, they had already had the Father. Israel, the Father spoke to them. Then the Son came and spoke to them. And then the the man of God in in, uh, Acts chapter 7, Stephen just spoke to them, And still, they still stone him. He stood before them and he ministered the whole Old Testament in summary. Well, if you read Acts chapter 7. He's going to tell them everything God did for them in Acts chapter number 7. And yet, they still don't believe. Let's take a little journey, shall we? The key is, do you know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you or not? The key is this: you've got to be able to sit here and listen to Stevens when he don't have no Bible in his hand, and he's going to take them from verse one to verse 50, and yet those people are going to look at him like who is, what rock he crawled from under, instead of saying it's no way he could know what he's saying without the Holy Spirit. See, when you look at a person who knows the Word of God, and I'm talking about and can minister the Word of God about the Word of God from Genesis down to Revelation, you're going, you ought to be able to say, there's no way. That's what they did with Jesus. They say no way that he could know these things except that's what you got to be able to understand. When a person has the Holy Spirit, he's supposed to know the Word because that's the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Number one is to teach you the Word. All right, watch this. I know it's not my message, Lord, but I just want to enjoy it a little bit. This is Stephen in Acts 7 and 1 is where we're at back behind the stage. Remember verse 1, Acts chapter 7. This is Stephen's sermon. All right. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? He should not ask Stephen. And he said, Men and brethren, fathers hearken. Listen. The God of, our, the God of glory appear to our father Abraham, taking them all the way back to Abraham. You know what I would have been able to say when Stephen known all this and ministered all this in front of me? This ain't no game. How in the world this man could know all of this if the Holy Ghost not with him? That's what you ought to be able to say. That's what they said about Jesus. When they heard Jesus... That man said, look, no man can know these things except God be with him. That's what you got to be able to say. Because you know you don't know. You know, you got to be able to give, give God the praise, not the person, but God the praise. All right, watch this. And verse number, and verse number two says, and, and he said, men and brethren, fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared to us in our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Chariot. And he said unto him, Get thee out of thy country. Now who is this guy talking from? He's talking from Genesis chapter number what? Twelve. Some of y'all know your Bible. Genesis chapter number twelve. Get thee out of thy country from your kindreds and from your father's house. Come into a land I will show you. Then came he out of the land to Chaldean, dwelt in Charon, and from thence and his father was dead. When his father died, he removed him into this land where he now dwelt. He gave him none other inheritance. I mean, this man went through all the way down to verse 50 and told them, took them through the wilderness all the way down and still took them through Solomon. you got to read it. I don't have time. He took them through everybody, Solomon, David, I mean, Solomon, I can, all the way down, and yet they looked and said, hmm, what do you think we ought to do this guy? Kill him. Kill him? He don't want to know the Bible. Let's move on. How do you know when you heard a message of faith? I told you this morning. It's a message about faith. Let's go look at it again in uh, Good News, the NLT, either one, and Romans 10 and 8. It's going to tell you the message about faith. Now, I'm getting ready to teach you something. How do you know that? How do you know that? When was that illustration? When did we're going to take Paul and we're going to show you how Paul got to that? In fact, it says, this is Romans 10 eight. In the good news or the NLT, I don't know which one it is. The message is very close at hand. It's in your lips, in your heart. Otherwise, you have to confess it and believe it before it happen. You understand that? Got to confess and believe before this word will happen. The word you got is already finished. Do everybody understand what I'm saying? You better wake up because this is your salvation. You believe the wrong message. It's just like you never went to church. In fact, it says the message is very clear at hand. It's in your lips, in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith. It's the message about faith that we preach. Look at the NLT. Also look at the good news. I don't want no more of that. I just want that verse 8. Look at the good news. Romans 10 and 8. Both going to tell you it's the message about faith. So when you go to a church, and that church is called the Word of Faith, It's the message about faith. That's what you're supposed to get there. (laughs) What it says is this. This is the good news, Romans 10 and 8. God's message is near you, on your lips, in your heart. That is the message of faith that we preach. So this message is about faith. They call it the message of faith. That's what I used last Sunday. But it's really the message about faith. Now, how do you understand the message of faith? Now, this morning, I gave you Mark 11. Let's go to Mark 11:23. Now, some of you might have heard this message used. We used to teach this message, but everything was to make sure you had faith and make sure your faith was strong, and make sure that was the whole purpose of the message. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called and remembers and said, Lord, master, behold, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. Now, remember, the power is in his, in his tongue. Death and life is what? Power. That's what they go by, okay? That's why you got to speak it. And then when you don't speak the word, you speak something else, you're killing yourself or you're. You called it not to happen. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. I told you this morning because that's where I left off that verse. Have faith in God. is not where you're at now. There's a difference in having faith in God and having the faith of God. Look at Galatia 2.20. You need to learn about your salvation. Galatians 2.20, you have the faith of God. Or else, you ain't saved. Once you get saved, you have the faith of God. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lived it to me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith faith of the Son of God. See, I live by by the faith faith. of the Son of God. Can't you see the difference in having faith in God and having God's faith. Do anybody understand the difference? Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2 5. What did Paul tell us in 1 Corinthians 2 5? Mark eleven twenty 20 said, Have faith in God. Galatians 2 20, you have the faith of the Son of God. Can you see the difference? I'm not talking about having faith in. I'm talking about having the faith on the faith of our ownership. It's a different ownership in some I use for some I buy it. I got faith in, in that. I got faith. No, no, no. I have the faith of. See the difference? All right. Now let's. I don't know where you're at. I'm just saying I'm seeing something else on the screen there, so I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on 1 Corinthians 2, 5. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 5. Reverend, that your faith, that your faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of God, your faith should be in what? Your faith is supposed to be in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. So you got to understand, it's your faith now. No, I'm not going to go there today. I'm, I'm going to get it out of here before I can move on. Mark 11, 23 is where I'm trying to get to. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Now, if you listen to this, this is what you are taught in a Word of Faith church. I'm not here to put down. I'm telling you, that's what we were. Okay? But this is not, sal- this is not your salvation. This is a message of the faith. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray. Now remember, you had to desire it. You had to pray. When you pray, you got to believe you received it. And then you shall have them. Do you see the difference in God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings of heavenly place in Christ? Now see, that's what I don't don't understand, y'all. When I show it to you, then I ask you to... I mean, you, either you do see it or you don't see it. Which one is it? <sighs> Let me, I just showed you we got it over there. I went over there and I walked over. Did I walk over here and say, Ephesians 1 and 3 to this side? And I say, you got Ephesians 1 and 3? You got Romans 8. Do I tell everybody they got it? They got it. I come back on this side and I tell them they part. I go back over there just like. I'm coming back. Here we go again. Okay. Oh, to this side. I need some witnesses from this side. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Already blessed. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. He has blessed. Thank he has blessed. Do you see the difference? Amen. All right.. Hoo-wee. You've got to get this, because you'll be here praying Mark eleven twenty three, <laughs> trying to get something. See, the key is, you're always trying to get something. Verily I said to you that whosoever shall to this mountain, be thou moved," be cast into the sea, and shall not die in your heart, because you die in your heart. You're not going to get it. You got, if you die in your heart, you sh- but you got to believe that those things which you say it'll come to pass you shall have whatsoever you say. say can't you see confessing the believing confessing methods I said do you understand that's what they teach you the believing and confessing message alright that's not what you under what message are you under the word of God revealed that's good oh the revealed word right okay see they gotta know cause we coming Alright, but right now I'm teaching you what? The manifested word. The manifested word. When the word is manifested, it is revealed to your senses. You can see it, you can smell it, taste it, feel it. Right. Right. That's the manifested word, made known to the five senses. Alright. Now why I see I was going around for that. See who's taking notes. That's the last one. All right, I said we're going to go to John. Thank you, John chapter 14. Thank you. 18 through 23, that's why I told you. Now, who is Jesus talking to in John 14? Let's go back and see. Go back to John 14, verse 1. One of the greatest things you got to understand in the world is who is he talking to? Because you can't just take something in the Bible and say, God was talking to me. Now, one of the things that we had to understand, when I'm from the country, when we first got telephones, how, how many here is 60 and over? You got to be 60 and over. You're over 60. Over 60. How many of you remember when we had telephones and you could hear somebody else on the line? Remember that? So, we from the South, so we first got phones, and we call somebody, and somebody else was using the phone. They'll tell you, I'm using the phone now. you, you Give me about 10 minutes. <laughs> how, how many? No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. That's how we were on the phone. Gene, you might as well raise your hand, brother. You in this group. But that's that's how it was. But that's how it was. We had phone. It was a party line. what we had. we have no money, no private line. Just good to have a line, amen. Because after then, we have to go outside and take the antenna. Is it in yet? Turn a little more back to the right. Okay. Is it in yet? How many remember them day? That's how you have to do with your antenna to get a picture. Was no color. How many remember when you had to start drive your car, you had to do this? Now I ask you this. How many remember what that was for? Some of y'all still haven't figured out without it. You were just doing it. Just, All right, the message, the message about faith, the message about faith, let me show you that. And let's go to John 14, the first two verses. I said, who is he talking to? Let's go to John 14, and let's look at the first three verses. Now, we, if you read John 14, 15, if you read all of them, you know he talked to the disciples. The last word with the disciples. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Now, if you read John 13, you know, John 12, you know he was talking to the disciples. So he let them don't let your heart be troubled because they were, you know, they're crying now because Jesus ain't going away. He said, you believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house, I been a mansion. if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, remember what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. He's not talking to the people after the cross he talked to the people before the cross right then he said to them and if I go and prepare a place for you now that's is personal isn't it for you right I will come again for you see if you take for you on all of it you know he's not talking about you <laughs> I will come again and receive you Now, you can't get no personal than that. If I'm talking to you, then you can't take that letter 2,000 years ago and say, God was talking to me. No, he was talking to his disciples. He said, Again, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I will come again for you. I'm going to receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So, all things to him. Now, let's skip down to verse number what now we want now? And verse 18. So he's telling the disciples, I'm going away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. All right? Then here he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you. Now, you've got to be honest to realize if he wasn't with you, how could he leave you? I mean, it's just, just common sense, isn't it? If somebody's not with you, how can they leave you? All right, so he said, I will not leave you comfortless. That means he had been with them, right? And then he says, I will come to you. Now, you can't mess that up. He didn't say coming to me. He told his disciples, I will come to you. Keep reading. Yet a little while and the world sees me, Noah, but you see me. Now, did you? do you see him? Why? Because you are not in a natural ministry of Jesus Christ that he was manifested to them they saw him so he said to them yet a little while in the world see me no more so over here with crumpet they're not going to see me no more but you see me because i live you shall live also he's not done and that day you shall know that i'm in the father and you in me and i in you He's not done he that has my commandment now you know he's not talking about you now right because God never gave you no commandments. He that has my my, my commandments and keepeth them. It's not us, right? He it is that loved me, he that loveth me shall be loved my father also. Watch this. I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Can't be talking to you. What is the word manifest? The word made known to the five senses. So he said, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make man, I'm gonna manifest myself for you. See, if you still waiting on Jesus to manifest himself to you, then you still on this side of the cross. You've never been saved. Let me say it again. If you are still waiting for Jesus to manifest himself to you, then you are not saved. Hold it right there. Let's finish this, then I'm going to take the Colossians one let Let's finish this, because this is good. See, folks is, folks is talking about Jesus coming again in the flesh. Then you're waiting for him to manifest himself again. That means that he have to be son of man again. Judas, one of his disciples, said unto him, not his carrier, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? To the world? Watch what he says. Jesus answered, and said to them, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words. I'm talking about my commandments. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we'll make our bow with him. That's what he did to them. Peter, James, and John. He came to them. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word that you hear, is not man, but the Father who sent me. Now that's what he told those people. These things I have spoken to you, being yet present with you. You know he was never present with you. Now, not, that's all we're going to do, remember? Now let's go to Colossians 1:23. Now here's the point. When I said that if you're waiting for Christ to come to you and save you, or you waiting for Christ to come back to you. You are saying you are not saved. That's what you are saying. Because how do I know when you are saved? How do I know when you say you are saved? When you say you're saved, what do that mean? Let's read this. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. If you continue in the faith. Now, when God said continue in faith, he's not talking about the message of faith. How do I know that? Hold your finger right there again. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. And let's start reading with verse number 20. Isn't that what I want? Galatians chapter 1. I know I want 23, but how many I need before that? Ah, I know how many I need. 17. See, I got a Bible inside. Just look at the page. Verse 17. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which apostles before me. Isn't that it? Verse verse 17. But I went to Arabia. Now, Paul is telling them them where he went to. No man gave me this gospel. I never went to Jerusalem. I didn't go to see the apostles that were before me, which were Peter, James, and John. And then I went to Arabia, and I returned again to Damascus. Now, I'm going to show you that same thing in chapter 9, where he did the same thing. He said, then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter. And I abode with Peter for 15 days. But of the apostles, I saw none of them. I saw James, the Lord's brother, just saw him. Now the thing which I write to you, behold, before God I lie not. Now he's getting into the ministry. After I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by, the, by faith. They didn't know me by, by faith. They didn't know me when they saw me. The churches of Judea. Now, what are the churches of Judea? They were churches that Paul persecuted. You remember Paul told you that he persecuted the churches of Judea? Right. Those were Gentiles. Those were Jewish believers. He said, I was unknown by faith of the churches of Judea which were in Christ. Remember, they were in Christ. That's why when you read Thessalonians, they talk about the dead in Christ going to rise first. He's talking about the Jewish believer, not you. But they heard only, watch what he says, they heard the churches of Judea. They heard only that he was persecuted us. Who did Paul persecute? The churches of Judea. Right? He was on his way to Damascus when the Lord stopped him, right? But they heard only that he who has persecuted us in time past now preaches the faith. What did he preach? What did he preach? He preached the faith, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. I'm going to show you in, in, in the book of Acts chapter 9. You can let me know what verse I need right there, Brother Lewis. Acts chapter 9. He preached the faith. He preached the faith. We're going to show you what it means when he preached the faith. He preached the faith which he once destroyed. So now Jesus is preaching, Paul, I'm sorry, is preaching the faith that he once destroyed. Well, what did he once destroy? What was he trying to destroy in Acts chapter 9? Let's go back and look at it. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Now, after he was water baptized, there's the next verse. The very next verse after he was water baptized, Acts chapter nine. Anna and I just finished baptizing him. Next verse, Acts chapter nine. Nobody Acts chapter nine yet. Know what the next verse is? Verse nineteen, Acts chapter nine. The next verse, after he said he was water baptized, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then Saul was certain day with disciples was at Damascus. And that's what I just showed you. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 26 after this, and I'm going to start reading with verse 19. What am I doing? I'm doing like Stephen, because if you don't believe Stephen knew the Bible, you're going to stone him, and I can let you know I can sit here and preach the word to you all day with my Bible on my pulpit. But it's not because I don't have the Holy Ghost. That's what it means when he will come, he will bring all things to your remembrance. There's no way I can remember all of this, but he in me. He is the book. He is the fulfillment of the book. He is the word of life. He is the word of truth. He is the word of God. He knows the word, but you have to live with him, sleep with him, talk with him, trust him, and know he got you. He got you covered. Can't be no game. Can't be no. I thank you. I thank. I thank. Not gonna get it. You gotta know, and the word of God will show you the word of God as you as you standing here talking. I can see the word of God. Tell you what verse. All right, let's go to way. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. Here it is. He preached the faith. He preached to he the Son of God. That's the faith he was once destroyed. Why do I know that? Because that is what Peter preached, that's what James preached, that's what John preached, that's the revelation that he gave him in Matthew 16 and 13. Who do men say, I the son of God is? Who do men say, I the son of man is? He said, you are the Christ. Remember that? All right. Now, that's what Paul preached. That's what Paul was trying to destroy. When you read the first verse, Books like chapter 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, when Paul was persecuting the church, that's what he was, don't preach no more in this name. Their salvation was where? In the name Jesus, that's Acts 4.12. Your salvation is not in the name Jesus, your salvation is in the blood of Christ. Your salvation is in the blood of Christ. If he had not died, buried and raised again, you would not have been saved. Neither their salvation in any other name. There's another other name. Name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They were saved in the name Jesus. Go to Acts 16, verse 31. So you have to understand that's where people get this stuff from reading the early books of Acts. 'Cause they don't know the word. Acts 1630 word, they said, go to back up one verse there. This man wanted to kill himself. In verse 30, Acts 16, 30. They found out that Paul was that got a loose in the prison. And they brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? This is what people take. What must I be to saved? This man's a jailer. Asking, what must I do to be saved? And here's the answer. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Do you hear that? You shall be saved. That don't mean you're saved. He's talking about saved from the enemy. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And what is he gonna do to those guys? He's gonna bring them guys out and baptize them in water. Because that was the order of that day under the old covenant. All right, now where I told you yesterday to go, we're going to get this out the way. I gave you things to go to. Acts 26 19. That's why I told you to go. Here we go. Where upon old King Agrippa? He's in court. Under King Agrippa. Old King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He's telling King Agrippa everything happened, he told you in Acts chapter 9. But I show first to them of Damascus. When I first turned to Christ, I first preached at Damascus, because I was trying to kill the people of Damascus. And then I went out to the coast of Judea, the church Galatians 1:23, the church at Judea. And then I went to the Gentiles. That they should repent. Now why did he preach to all those people repentance? And turn to God. And watch what he's going to say after that. He told them to repent and turn to God. What happened when you repent and turn to God and do the works, flow with me, and do the works meet for repentance? What is baptism? Work. It's Work. the works oh. necessary for repentance. You are not receiving works. You are not saved by works. By grace are you saved through faith, not of works. If you're not saved of works while you're repenting and while you're being baptized. Baptism is a representation that you are repenting from your sins. It is a difference in repenting from sin and I've been forgiven of my sins. Oh, you don't get that. Go to Matthew chapter 3 verse 7. It's a difference I can walk around all day long and say I repent, I repent of my sin, I repent. And then I come to the cross, and God told me, Christ died for your sins. You have no more debt for sin. You've been free from sin. Well, I'll repent of my sin. i repent. You, Crump, listen, Crump. You don't have to go around repenting of your sin. Christ already died for your sin. He's already forgiven your sin. He's already washed your sins away. And that's what people are doing they still in the midst of repentance. Watch what happened to John the Baptist. Why was John the Baptist baptizing? We're going to take this all the way to verse 11. But he saw many of the Pharisees and says he come to his baptism. He said to them, O generation of snakes, vipers, O generation of snakes, them the children of Cain. They were the children of who? Of children of Cain. They were the generation of serpents satan was their father that's what jesus told me john 8 43 the is your father they were the generation of serpents and they would be the one who would kill cain oh i'm sorry kill abel see if i go all the way back over here in the garden it was cain who killed abel what if i come all the way to the cross it's cain's children who gonna kill jesus That means that Jesus Christ over here was Abel. He was the third son. It was was the first son, Cain. Then Cain will kill Abel, and then God is going to raise up another son called Seth. And you couldn't have Seth until Cain killed Abel. So over here is Seth. It's the children of the righteous. But they had to kill Cain. The children of Cain had to kill Abel first. See, Abel was a type of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, Abel blood cried vengeance, all through the Old Testament, vengeance, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Vengeance, God will repay. Vengeance, get them, Lord. Vengeance, vengeance. But when you got through the cross, vengeance is over. No more vengeance. It's forgiveness. No more vengeance. It's forgiveness. So if you're over here under the law. You in vengeance kill my dog, I kill your cat. <laughs> that's how it works over under the law. You, that's vengeance. But under grace, the blood does not, it's in your Bible. The Bible said the blood of Abel. It said the blood of Christ, it said the blood of Christ speaketh better things than that of Abel in the book of Hebrews. Abel's blood cried vengeance. It's in your Bible, I'm not just telling you something. Hebrew, in the, it, it said the blood of Abel cried vengeance. So that's why they put a mark on Cain's head. Because God was destined to get him. That's why he went through his whole life like, I know God's going to get me. But not over here. You don't have vengeance in the New Covenant. Well, how do you get to the term, but God will repay? That's what happened at the cross. See, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord over here, but God will repay. What did he pay for? He paid for the vengeance. He paid for what Cain did to Abel. Hebrew 12, 24. Y'all thought y'all know your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. So you got to understand something. You are not under the ministry of vengeance. You're not out of trying to repay nothing. Trying to get somebody, and then you go and repent, and then you put the blood and then you put the oil on your forehead, Ha, ha. and you think you're all right. I had a brother just tell Had a brother just told me this morning. He said him and his wife went to visit the church. He says, when he went to visit the church, he says they were just going looking had been here in a while. Just want not know this, the church. They already know what God sent me to. Well, while they're at the church, they want, oh, Lord, do I supposed to be here? Then the man had everybody set up in the line. I'm a lion. You heard this morning. He said, they took the oil. And they put the cross. Said, next. And then he said, his wife asked, he said, what are they doing? How many of y'all know y'all get that on Ash Wednesday? <laughs> Not in here, okay? A- ASH. Remember that's coming up, right? A S H. That's next week, right? Twenty-sixth. And they got forty days all the way over to Good Friday. Now Easter, the middle of the week, forty days. Then they got the three days. Then they got Easter. You know, they all got to figure. That's the day you got to repent. You got to repent them days all the way. All these things I'm doing, I can't do it because I got farted. After that farted day, I got to give that up. So after farted days, I'm back, I'm back on courses. <laughs> <laughs> you, you playing religion. You got your own salvation in your hand. But anyway, this woman asked her husband, she asked the people, said, What are they doing? Uh, and she uh, said, and Then after this, we're going to wash feet. So she said she told her husband she said you ready to go <laughs> she asked the Lord to show up see people are in all kind of stuff that's works that's all it is works and and the Jesus the media of a new covenant of the new covenant and the blood of sprinkling now remember the Old Testament before they could go into the holy place they had to do what they had to dip the blood Y'all remember Moses that night, right? He had to dip the blood, and he had to sprinkle. Everything had to be sprinkled because of the type and shadow of what would happen when you are saved. God had to put the blood on you. See, you are marked with the blood of Christ. How do God know who you are? I'm going to show you something. I'm going to take my time right here and show it to you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Help me to do it. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.19. Forget what I always says back there. Second 2 Timothy 2.19. How do you know? How do God know who you are? Then from here, I'm going to go to First John. And I'm going to go to the where it says, there are three that bear record in earth. Not hard to find. I'm going to tell you what it is in first John. Just find it for me. There's, it's going to say there's three that bear record in earth. the three that bear record in heaven. Just find it on two places. Let me know where I'm going to start, one more finish. Then we're done for the day. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standing sure. Now you have to know what the foundation is. You have to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And then know that God has already put in his foundation. I can't. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. God. <laughs> I'm just expecting y'all to know it, but. Yeah, just hold, hold that 1 John 5 four there. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3. You're dealing with foundation. And let's go to verse number. I'll start at verse number 9. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Okay, you got it back there? What word I'm dealing with? Foundation. foundation. All right? So watch what he said. The foundation of God standing sure. Why is he saying this? Because he taught this in 1 Corinthians 3. For we are labor together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Say so the church is God, what? Husbandry or garden. And all you're God's building. You're his garden. He just uses the information. He is where God works because you have to have fruit of the Spirit. So you are the garden. And God is the person who works in your garden. Your heart is the garden, right? All right. He gets his fruit from your garden, from his garden, which is your heart. He lives in your heart. He lives in your heart. He lives in the garden. Got all that? All right. First Corinthians 3. Oh, 10 said, and, and according to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder. See, Paul is a wise master builder. You have to be a pastor. So you have to be a wise master builder because you're working with God to build his house. Right? I have laid the foundation. Remember in Old Covenant when Moses brought people to help build the tabernacle, he had to have wise men. You can't work on God's house if you're not a wise man. You have to know the word. According to the grace of God, which is given to me, Paul says, as a wise master builder, I have laid what? Come on, help me. I have laid what? I've laid the foundation, another build thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. You got to know how to build, because he's already laid the foundation. For other foundations, can no man laid, then that's already laid. The foundation already been laid. I said, the foundation, I'm not in here to try to lay a foundation. The foundation already been laid. The foundation is what, right? So until you receive Christ, I cannot help you with your house. You don't have anything for me to build on. But once you get a foundation, that man right there, the builder, he'll build your house right there. Well, if he's going to build your house, he got to first build you what? A foundation. That man back there that I always talk to all the time, he's a builder. Brother Gene Gutton. Brother Gene Gutton. He called Reggie. Brother Reggie. That's my brother there. All right. But you got to have someone to build upon, right? So that's why Christ is your foundation. Look at somebody and say, Christ Christ is is my foundation. So once you get Christ, now we can go to work, right? Let's go to work right now let's go back to let's go back to 2 Timothy 2 19 God cannot help you until you receive Christ nevertheless the foundation of God so what is he talking about the foundation there you you go you some of y'all getting it Christ Christ is sure you got to have a sure foundation right How, how you know having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are his foundation let every man in the name, the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Once you want God to build your house, you have to depart from iniquity if you want God to build your house. Now, all right, now let's go to 1 John 2, what verse? Am I asking? 5, 4. 1 John 5. Start verse 4. 1 John 5, 4 is okay. 1 John 5, are you there? 1 John 5 and verse number 4. For whosoever is born of God sinneth not, overcometh the world. Now we're talking about John is talking to who now? Let me go back on this side. Maybe the church of God remember who they are. John is talking to who? All right, see, y'all, the church of God over here, you the body of Christ over there. Is it okay for just for today? All right, Peter, James, and John priest are who? The Jews, Jew, not you. I'm sorry, not the Gentiles. So you, when you read the Bible, you got to know 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all that, not to you. That's always over here. All right? But I'm reading 1 John because he's going to say something that you can get to revel- see the revelation. For whatsoever, whatsoever, he's talking about the soul of man, is the What? What was born of God, because the soul is born of God, overcoming the world, this is the victory of overcoming the world, even our what? Faith. Because over here, their victory was their, was their faith. Over here, Christ is your victory. Over here, faith is their victory. That's why people preach faith. Over here we preach Christ. And this is the victory overcoming the world, even your. You have to hold on to your faith, brother. And that's why James said, if you waver, you're a double-minded man and you're unstable all your way. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord over here. Over here, you are the faith of the Son of God. You don't have anything you can lose. Over here, you can leave and lose. You can forget. You can doubt. And your faith don't work over here you have the faith of the Son of God it's built in you, 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 all right here we go I need to see on the screen whosoever was born of God I've done that even your faith go to the next verse who is he that overcomes the world but he that believeth? oh here it is this guy over here how you get your faith he believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God how you get your faith You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Over here, they didn't get their faith by believing Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They believe in Christ. They'd be crucified with Christ. Can you see the difference? All right, they have the faith of the Son of God. They live by the faith. Over here, you walk. Over here, you live. Can you see this thing? I mean, see it? All right, come on, come on. This is he that came by water and blood. This is he who came by, you got to watch it now. This is he who came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Water and blood. Not by water only, but by water and blood. It's the Spirit that bear witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Wait a minute. I was in heaven then. Where was I at? Go back to that verse again. Verse 6, where was I at? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water, only but by water and blood. It is the Spirit that bear witness, because the Spirit is true. Watch the next two verses. Where am I now? <sighs> Listen. I ask you, where are we now? Uh, I need you to do something for me back there. Go to Hebrew chapter 12. And I want you to find me a verse that says, you are come to Mount Zion. No, I'm not going to do that one. I'm gonna to go to I'm gonna go to Hebrews chapter 13. I just gotta get this over. Hebrew chapter 13. Let's just do that. Hebrew chapter 13. Okay, verse 25. Hebrew 12, 25. I can use that. Hebrew 12, 25. To understand 1 John, you gotta understand this first. Because you gotta know where God's speaking from. I've oh, got two minutes, man. Yeah. See that you refuse not him that speaketh that speaketh for their escape, not who we refuse him that spake on earth. If you're speaking on earth, that gotta be Moses and it gotta be Jesus on this side. Speaking on earth. Moses on the Mount Transfiguration. Jesus was on in Jerusalem. Bethlehem spoke. Who spoke on earth? Much more shall not we escape if we turn from him that speaketh from heaven. Well, God sp- spake past him from earth. He speaketh from heaven. So if I'm not seated together with him in heavenly places, he can't speak to the heavens. If he's speaking from heaven, he has to be speaking to the heavens. You don't even know who you are. You are not the earth. You're the heavens. That's why it's not good to say when you die, you're going to heaven. When you already died in Christ, and you're already seated together in heavenly places in heaven. Christ, you are the heavenly Jerusalem, you are the city of the most high God. Come on, finish reading that verse right there, right there. What was what, what you reading? See that you refuse him not that spake on earth, for if they escape not that him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now. He has promised, saying, yet one more, I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, one more, signified the removal of those things which are shaken. That's already happened. Of things which are made. And those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Over here, you cannot be shaken. Well, I'll put that verse back up there again. Last verse. Wherefore, we receive in the kingdom... Why, you can't be shaken. You're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Because the kingdom is Christ. So he said to you, he talked to the Hebrews, but let us have grace whereby we may serve God accepted without reverence and godly fear. Why? Next verse, come on, flow with me. For our God is a consuming fire. What they do, cut off in the back, they go on for lunch. My time is up. (laughs) My time is up. It's already. My time is up. My time is up. Our God is a consuming fire. Get a lot of great big hand. When Moses was speaking to Israel, God came down to the earth and spoke to Israel. Moses said, the mountain shake. But when God spoke to Paul, he did not speak from an earth. Jesus was in the heavens, and he spoke to Paul. Paul says, I saw a light brighter than the noonday sun. Jesus, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Your message does not come via earth. It comes via heaven. Your message cometh from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no veil but the shadow of turning. Everything God wants to to you is sit down from above. Your conversation is in heaven. You are citizens of heaven, citizens of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Can you get a Lord a big hand?